You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Leading Lady Fitness Podcast. This is Steph Wilberting, your host. Here, we'll be talking about all things wellness, how it impacts our journey and affects the way we show up in the world. All right, team. Hello, and welcome to this episode. I'm very excited to um, share this episode with you. I'm sitting here across the um, laptop screen from uh, Broadway leading lady, uh, Nasia Thomas. Hello. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with you uh, right now today? What's keeping you busy? Oh, man. Uh, what's going on with me today? Sitting around, eating. Hopefully, I'm going to get some seafood maybe organize my closet because it's a mess. <laughs> Cleaning. Who knows? <laughs> All I know is that I'm here with you. That's, that okay. is what is for certain. <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate you taking some time. You know, I, I gave you a little bit of, um, of input about like what we like to talk about here. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to just dive right in. The first mm-hmm. question that I've been talking to a lot of the guests about is how has our relationship to taking care of ourselves been impacted by the pandemic and what did that look like maybe during, Mm -hmm. did it change? You know, I know a lot of people have had a very interesting relationship and journey with their selves the past couple of years. So I'd love to hear how that, how that feels for you. Yeah. uh, So let's see. Pandemic self-care. I think what I have said before, like, the pandemic kind of forced everybody to sit down and be okay with sitting down and being okay with not being able to do anything or control anything, um, which I can see could cause anxiety. Um, but for me, it gave me a, a chance to slow down, uh, Thank the universe. I had been working since I graduated college. So the pandemic was kind of the first time that I wasn't working, that I was able to kind of just sit and sit and sit um, since 2015. Uh, So that challenged me to uh, really try to explore like other things that I like to do or actually just, you know, allowing myself the grace to be okay with not doing anything. Everybody was at rest, not just me. Everybody was at rest. And I never, you can ask my friends, uh, Rashidra Scott, she gets on me about this all the time. Candace Woods, they get on me. Neja, you never, ever sit down and you never rest. You're always saying yes. You're always on the go. And uh, I'm grateful for the pandemic in that way. No one's really grateful for the pandemic, of course, but- being forced to sit down and be with just myself and my dog, but he can't talk to me. Uh, I swear one of these days, my dog's going to talk back. I I, I do think that sometimes I I look at my dog and I I try to ask him questions and I'm like, blink twice. If you understand what I'm saying. And sometimes he does, because I think that there are our souls, human souls that could be inside of animals. And I know they understand us. I know they do. <laughs> um, but during the pandemic, he did not speak back to me. So I had to be by myself. Um, and it was a strange and very beautiful thing. Sit down, Nasia. Sit down. Be quiet. Uh, yeah, 
I did a, a lot of eating and a lot of drinking and a lot of watching. Everybody was doing the same thing. Um, yeah. You know, I had my little period of uh, I'm going to be inspired to work out. But also I had that that period of I'm not going to lift a finger muscle. I don't even want to pick up a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, and I, I, I think I guess the hardest the most challenging part about that was just being okay with it. Like I, it seems, it sounds so simple. I just had to be okay with it, but just yes. like the grace, I think we all gave ourselves grace, which is something in this business we just don't do. Mm-mm. And it's, it is, it is horrendous when we don't do that. That's, I think the biggest thing that I, I learned from this pandemic and that I am trying to carry with me, giving myself grace and, and shutting down and saying, no, I cannot do this. It's a, it's a direct, direct, direct path to self-care. It's, it's, it's direct, yeah. especially for me, because I never, I didn't do that. I always said yes. I always, I was always up and it was, it was weighing down on my chest all the time, all of the time. I cannot do this. No, I cannot do this. And you know, I I brought it over when I started doing Carolina change, this, this big thing about advocating for ourselves. Uh, We, we learned during the pandemic that we don't have to take certain things anymore. We don't have, we, we should be okay with putting ourselves first. I think we all also got some, some self-worth, you know, some more self-worth juice that's kind of, you know, flowing through our, our, our veins. I know my worth, so I say no. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're um, striking a, I don't like the striking the chord isn't the right phrase, but nonetheless, bringing something up. It's very timely for me today too. Because my follow-up question was going to be, how has that, how has this thing that you've learned come come through with you, or how do you see it now? And you you went mm-hmm. right into it, and you know I'm sitting on the phone this morning uh, with a girlfriend of mine, and I was like, everything just still feels so much right now, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, because of coming out of the pandemic, but also I've just relocated, and it's a lot, mm-hmm. right? All the big moves are a lot, whatever. And she reminded me, she's like, just give yourself some space and time and grace. And I think it's so hard. And I'm because of this podcast and because of our community, it's so hard because we have been programmed for so long to say yes and to hustle. And I'm, I'm grateful for my hustle. It has gotten me places in my life, but it's time to retrain that muscle into grace. Right? Yeah. When mm-hmm. I want to hustle, I need to step back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do because we are in an industry where like our success is, mm-hmm. uh, success isn't the right word, but we ha- we are so much part of it, right? Like our mm-hmm. ambition, our desires, our go gettingness bad mm-hmm. word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's such a part of it. We don't show up at an office every day and, and check off a list. And then, right. so it's a really, really hard. I'm really grateful that you brought it up because I think it is so, such a big conversation. Yeah. Give, giving ourselves grace and um, allowing ourselves to be okay with where we are is, it is the definition of self-care for me. It's yeah. not, it's more than I'm going to, you know, 
I'm gonna go to the spa. I'm gonna give myself a face mask. I'm gonna have rosé. I mean, it can be that, but also, you know, that is something that I guess fuels the body, right? Yeah. Um, but what are you doing to replenish and refill your cup for your soul and your spirit? Um, and a lot of that has to do with how we speak to ourselves and going back to our, you know, our worth. I have to say no. I have to step back. I have to do this because I know that it's 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 going to overload me. I know that it's going to do this. It's going to do that. And it's OK to do that. This business, you know, and in and I also blame training programs you know, they instill this really hard, you know, feet to the ground, always, always, always mentality. And it's like, it cannot actually be that. We got to teach our students that it, life does not begin and end with, with theater and life does, um, life is so many things. And it's not just having to crawl to get to the next show or run or beat down the walls or, or having to race to do this project and this one. If you are, are, if you are out here in this world and you are pouring from an empty cup, it is just not, it's not good. (laughs) My empty cup, when my cup is empty, desperation is full out. Right. When I'm, it's like, I walk into an audition room. If my cup is empty, I'm like, please give me this job. Please give me this. Like, I want the job to fill the cup. Yeah. And that's never going to, I mean, I shouldn't say currently cause I'm not, that's, but like, that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. And what you said about, um, you know, what your, what your definition of self-care is, right. Mm-hmm. I think that we do self-care is kind of this word that just is thrown around a lot. And Mm -hmm. I believe in it. I believe in the umbrella of it, Mm -hmm. but I think the actions that live underneath of it are, are where we can find what works for us. It Mm -hmm. might be a workout. It might be a meditation. Mm -hmm. It might be a day off Mm -hmm. for me. And you kind of touched on this for me. It's what is the thing I can do that is going to either quiet or edit or Mm -hmm. turn around my self-talk. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. My inner critic, my voice, it's like, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. What actions that I do to take care of myself, help keep that conversation loving back to Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. 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 Yep. And it all, I, it all starts with that grace. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm in this place. I'm in this place and that's okay. And, and, and how do I, how do I replenish myself? And that is exactly speaking. How do I, and I, I have this problem sometimes and I just got back in therapy. I had my third session and I mean, I, you, no one can tell me anything because I'm in therapy right now. Um, and, and, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it's taking that leap and, and saying, I, I need, I need therapy. Uh-huh. Um, and she, you know, she's, she's helping me to, love myself more to speak kindly to myself, to be gentle with myself. That's another thing. The pandemic, we learned to be gentle with ourselves because we were all going through this, this big old thing. Yeah. The same thing, but differently, you know? Yeah. The interesting thing to me about therapy, I didn't start therapy until just like four years ago. The interesting thing to me is there is, there was still is, such a stigma around it. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe not so much in my current community, but in past communities growing Mm -hmm. up, small town. And what I wish people could understand is that it's not 
always because something feels bad or something is wrong mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. For me, it's like, oh, I'm connecting some dots because this person is helping me see them in a Mm -hmm. way I can't see them on my own. Mm -hmm. And it just, like you said, it just, it, it, it just frees up some space for me, you know? And I, I, I'm such a huge fan of it and I'm glad you brought it up because I could talk until I'm blue in the face about how it's helped me so Mm -hmm. much. And in, in, in the pandemic, it was crucial too. You were talking about programs fitness Mm -hmm. programs. And I could not agree more. And I'm a trainer. Like that's how I make my money is I train Mm -hmm. people. Um, and, but I 100% agree that the fitness industry is filled with all or nothing restrictive mindset programs Mm -hmm. that will fix you. Right. Right. Tell me a little bit about how you have landed in your sweet spot of feeling good in your body. Mm-hmm. How that hasn't always felt that way or mm-hmm. just tell me a little bit more about that journey, how it relates to performing or relates to being on stage. Um, yeah. So um, my relationship with fitness and food and, and the, the temple that my, my, my temple, my home, my physical home that I carry around every day, I made my Broadway debut. It, well, let me just talk about this. <laughs> Uh, I went on tour with Beautiful, uh, the Carol King musical, when I gra- mm-hmm. after I graduated, and it was a production contract, and you know I wasn't used to that type of money. Uh, not saying that it was a lot, you know, <laughs> you know we we weren't rich, but you know coming out of school, you know making tour, you know tour salary, it was a cool thing. So I definitely, uh, I was buying all the food. I was cooking all the food. If you, if I wasn't having wings on a Wednesday or soul food in every single uh, tour stop that I could find where there was a, a, a neighborhood uh, <laughs> that had some soul food in it, I was definitely there. So I gained a lot of weight after I graduated school. And at that time, I, I just left school and that, that mentality of Broadway mm-hmm body was still kind of in my head. You know, we go on tour, we see everybody on tour is in the gym before rehearsal. Right. And I'm going to tie that back in after a a next, a next story. Uh, When I went to beautiful on Broadway, I was in a show with these lovely human beings, these women, the women's dressing room. And I learned so much about food and fuel and using food as fuel, not just for comfort, because I was somebody who ate because I was bored or I ate, oh, there's a new, there's a new um, restaurant. We should, maybe we should go and just, you know, just because it's fun. But I learned how these women taught me uh, about food being fuel. So I, I, I learned about the whole 30 and I, uh-huh. I, I try to I try to be careful about like the diet situation, but I like to say lifestyle because you know you try something and then you you choose what what works for you, what works for the body. So I learned I learned about the things that work for my body and how am I going to get through eight shows a week? What do I need to do for my body uh, to get me through eight shows a week? What am I going to do? How can I? What's going to be best for my voice? What am I eating that's going to be best for my voice? And um, I started to kind of like switch that mentality of eating and working out for image. Mm. I mean, listen, throughout the years, I still kind of went back and forth with it. Uh, I definitely, you know, I had body dysmorphia 
um, when I was doing Ain't Too Proud. So, you know, I, <laughs> I kind of went through my ups and downs, but it, it kind of started that journey of knowing and understanding that food is fuel, which is very, very, very important to me. So, you know, I, I, I picked some things from like the Whole30 lifestyle and the paleo lifestyle. I know that for me, I can't sing with when I eat dairy and, and I don't, I feel very sluggish if I have to do the locomotion eight times a week. <laughs> I can't. I can't. That locomotion is, is, is slower. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I can't. And that's not even dancey, dancey, dancey. But I'm telling you, my relationship with food just really became about how am I, what am I going to eat that's going to make me feel the best so that I reach my potential versus okay. like having to reach a weight. Yeah. Yeah. Having to look, you know, that whole, this whole Broadway body thing is, is disgusting to me. <laughs> it's just disgusting to me. We have had a history of, you know, the first thing you do when you book a show, oh God, I have to get in the gym. But why are you getting in the gym to build stamina? Are you going to in the gym to, because you feel like you have to look a certain way? Yep. So that, that was, that was me. I, that was a part of my journey um, as well. Yeah. Something that um, you're bringing up for me is, you know, you said you graduated in 2015. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm like 20 years older than you, give or take. And (laughs) something that is coming up for me in my forties, late forties now is what is the lifestyle I want to lead? Not what mm-hmm. is the diet I want to do yeah. or the mm-hmm. fitness I want to do. And how can eating a certain way and moving consistently in ways that I know I like and that leave me feeling the way I want to feel, how can they support the life I want to lead versus yeah. once I lose weight and get back into a size eight or whatever the size is, mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll create like, no, it's like, this is the creating of the lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and then it's like, okay, I like to ride my Peloton or I do like lifting weights or I do like mm-hmm. swimming kettlebells. I'm going to do it a couple of days and I'm going to walk in the Fort Tryon park. That's right up the street. Like mm-hmm. this is stuff I like to do. And then mm-hmm. I feel better. I'm in better moods. I make mm-hmm. better choices with food. You know, my history is binge eating and hiding food, like hiding it, mm. you know? And so when I can, get clearer on what makes me feel good in my body from a movement perspective, it makes it easier to make food choices that support feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Which sometimes is the cake or is the indulgence. It's not, mm-hmm. it's just like, this is part of the living experience and this is how I keep joy yeah. in food. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 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 I would love to hear about the last five years during the pandemic and what that was like. Yeah. Ooh. So the last five years, we shot the last five years in four days <laughs> with what? two with two music rehearsals on Zoom. Ooh wee. <laughs> and equity down our throats saying you can't have more than one person in the room. At there, there are so many rules, and it's like, how are we gonna shoot this? We're not doing this in the way that the last five years was created the first time, where it's like you see Kathy by herself and you see Jamie and they only meet, right. you know, in the middle. So there were definitely some, some talks that we had to have in some ways that we had to figure things out, but you know, um, the last five years changed my life. 
uh, artistically, not saying that it was like, oh, you know, made anybody a megastar, but um, artistically and like personally, I uh, struggled during the last five years with imposter syndrome really, really badly. I would have just like bouts of anxiety and cry on my floor. I remember when the the, the last five years when they um, when we officially wrapped after the four days of recording in the apartment, <laughs> the four days of recording the apartment that was an actual apartment building where people actually came downstairs and knocked on the door and said, "You're being too loud." <laughs> <laughs> It was really like a, it was really like a, like a love passion, like all of these people, we were all in this apartment trying to figure out how we we're going to do this. The first time we had ever, this was my first time, like on film, the first wow. time we had ever done anything. Jason Michael Webb's first time directing, just like everybody in that room came in cold and we figured it out and we, we made something beautiful in four days with COVID testing every couple of days. And, and, and that was still, you know, we weren't relaxed yet no. the way that we are now. We weren't relaxed. So it was still scary. It was still, you know, <laughs> like, how are we going to be able to finish this? What if somebody gets sick? Oh, that's it. Right. This was before Broadway understood, you know, we had covers and we had this. It was truly just like the act of the universe saying, let me just, y'all gonna figure this out. And everything's, let me sprinkle a little bit of right. And it yeah. it all came together. But it was just such a test of, a test for me, because I, I was learning how to step out of the box that the industry was kind of putting me in. Uh-huh. Now, listen, I love being in the 60s. It was fun being beautiful and ain't too proud. And it was fun. Carolina change. I had a lot of fun. Um, but it was something, it felt almost as if like a coming out party, like this is who people are going to decide who I am artistically. And that scared me. I get that. Yeah. And I felt so much like pressure after, I mean, the day that we wrapped, I sat on the floor and I cried because I was like, there's nothing else I can do. (laughs) There's nothing else I can do. That's it this thing is going out into the world. And I, I remember I, I spoke to Derek Baskin about it. You know, one of my, he's like my big brother, my mentor, mm-hmm. my hero in this industry. And he was like, Nage, I was like, there's so much pressure. I'm like the first, you know, like black woman that people are seeing doing this. And um, I know that there are a lot of people who are cult followers of the last five years. They're going to hate me. I was preparing myself for the message boards. I was preparing myself for Twitter to attack me and all of this stuff because I don't look like the regular Cathy's and I certainly don't sound like any of them. And it's different coming from a, a black woman's perspective. It's yeah. different. You know, some of the words we had to, you know, th- things were just different. And I remember Derek Baskin said to me, he said, Nasia, it's not pressure. It's a flag that you get to carry. You're carrying a flag. And I just sat mm-hmm. there and I wept. That makes me cry. I don't even, I don't know him. I know so many people that do. And they oh my feel gosh. like they would have the same, sing the same praises of him. And what a, what a loving thing to hear from somebody. When you yeah, that I look up to, cause you know, yeah. Derek has, you know, he had just finished Ain't Too Proud where he got his, you know, his first Tony nomination. And I watched him 
carry our show, I saw, you know, the, the, the things that, that he, I'm sure I don't know of all of it, but you know, just the things that you have to prepare yourself mentally, how to prepare yourself mentally for what feels like a, a big step yeah. for your career. And, and to hear him say it's not, and I'm like, if anybody knows what uh, quote unquote pressure is, it's you, you had to play Otis Williams with the Temptations, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. Just like, it's a flag. It's a flag. It's a flag you get to carry for all of the people who are coming up under. And I had to keep thinking, this is not for me. This is for, this is for uh, the, the representation. This is for the culture. This is for all of the people who didn't believe. And it's like, I have to step out of my ego and stop worrying about what people are going to say about me. That's hard. It's hard. And I still think about it. I still think about it, but it's like, it's so much bigger. This is, it's, it's so much bigger and it is a flag. It is a flag and it's okay. People, and he also said, you know, I think he said Mary Testa told him this. Um, oh my God. Don't believe, you don't believe the right, you don't believe the good and don't believe the bad. Don't listen to anything. You're carrying a flag. Yeah. You're carrying a flag. So I, I kind of, after that conversation, I kind of, it kind of pulled me up saying, you know what? Also be okay with where you are. Like this is, this is 2022 saying to 2021 Nasia, be okay with where you are, girl. Because even when it, it's coming out, like it's restreaming now. And I said to myself, oh God, I feel like I've grown so much since this is not an accurate representation of, of who Isn't I am that- right now. And I felt so scared again. Oh, we don't need to, you know. I want you guys to know what I know now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Let me yeah. just do it one more time. But it's also just like, oh, yeah. Nage, it's, it's, things are beautiful where they are. And that's the great thing. Denzel Washington, Viola Davis, all these people probably look at their first movie and say, oh, Jesus, Lord. Mm. But it's it's still there. Yeah. It's still there. It's yeah. still there and it's beautiful. And it's and, and be okay with where you were. Be okay with where you were. Absolutely. I love that. I love the visual, the way I'm like closing my eyes and seeing it on myself for this idea of carry a flag um, in a completely different way. And like, I have a social media following that is like, you know, I have a community, but I'm Mm -hmm. not like out there, you know, with Mm -hmm. the, with the tens and the thousands, but what I share about my journey with my body and with food is really important to me. Mm -hmm. And every time I press share or every time I press post, I think, oh my God, yeah, what are you going to think of me? Why am I doing this? I still struggle. Mm -hmm. And, and this idea of, no, this is like you carrying the thing that you want to help other people. Cause I know yeah. people sit at home and struggle with food every fucking day. Yeah. I know sure. they do. And that's such a, such a powerful way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I'm glad that that came up. I think that the listeners are going to hear it too. And, and really it's going to resonate. So I really thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It, you know, and it's, it's also just like kind of tying back in with like body as well. It's like, all of all of the the women who messaged me and said you are a, a dark skin Kathy who is not a size two, and and you know the, one of the other things when I used to watch last five years because you know before it came out I would glue myself to the little file that I had and I would be like God I look so I I I don't look like myself anymore I don't look I'm not the muscular 
Mm. woman that I was when I was doing beautiful and ain't too proud. But that's also ties into the fact that I thought that I had to look a certain way, you know, but I looked at myself during the last five years and I was like, I just, I look so big. I, I, mm. I would say that to myself, I look so big. And then I would get these messages. I'm like, I, people saying, I see myself in, I never knew that this is what a leading lady could look like. And I'm like, you know what? You're damn right. You're right. Girl, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> you, make, you know, I'm, I'm about to tear up myself because it's like, golly, this industry, what have you done? What have you done to these young, to all of us? But like, that's, it's so important that we are, are teaching these students now. It's important that they hear it now. Josh and I have had Josh Walden listeners who is, uh, Josh is also on an episode this season. Josh and I have had a conversation about this, about conservatory, college, undergrad, whatever the program is about uh, exactly about this. What are these young people learning about their bodies and how to care for them in a way that will set them up for better success with their relationship to self than maybe we had. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's a whole nother, that could be a whole nother episode conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. In an effort to kind of keep in our time frame, I'm going to just comp- make a hard right here and okay. we'll do a little, um, we'll just do a quick little getting to know you moment. Um, okay. thank you so much for all of that. I yeah, could talk for so long about this oh, and same. You a person at some point and, and, and get to know you a little bit better and chat more, but we're going to do a 10, uh, 10 question rapid fire Broadway ish stuff, New York stuff. Okay. Here we go. Okay. One hometown. Uh, oh Lord, uh, Virginia beach. I was born in Queens, New York. I'm a New Yorker, but I was raised in Virginia. So let's just say Virginia okay. beach, Chesapeake okay. area. Great. Great. What is the first Broadway air quote type show that you ever saw like a touring show or something local? Um, I believe, um, my first Broadway show was Annie with Nell Carter and Nell Carter. I, I have the playbill framed on my wall. Nell Carter, actually, I sat in the front row and Nell Carter waved to me as the curtain was going down. Oh um, gosh. and I didn't know it was Nell Carter at the time, but it was Annie. Is, was that in Virginia somewhere or here in New York? No, this was here in New York in 97, 97. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. the theme song of give me a break is in my audition book. Do you remember oh. the, ori- do you remember the original theme song? Uh, um, no. Give me a break. I sure deserve it. I finally made it to the top. You look it up. It's so good. Okay. It's so good. okay. All right. <laughs> um, I love that show so much. Okay. So that was your first Broadway show. Great. What is the first Broadway show you ever did? I think you've already answered this, but beautiful. The, the Carol King musical. Beautiful. Great. What is a dream show? Just any yeah. show that you're like, I want to be in this show. I don't care what I do in it. I want to be in this show. Waitress. Yes. Dream role. Oh, I don't know anymore, but I really want to play Dawn and Waitress. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what is your favorite? You know, what? I'm going to add one in. What's your favorite score that you love singing along to aside from last five years? Uh, who? Um, the Lion King. Oh, great. Great. Um, favorite restaurant in New York City. Oh, Lord. Amy Ruth Soul Food. Where is it? In Harlem. Great. Uh, what's your favorite neighborhood? Oh, Lord. God, Harlem. Great. What is a dream vacation destination? 
you know, I always love a little Disney World moment, but I'm I'm trying to go to Thailand. Cool. Great. (laughs) And uh, last but not least today in this moment right now, what is something that you are very, very grateful for? Support. Lovely. Thank you so much for being here. Listeners, have a great day. Be well. Uh, Nisha Thomas, thanks for taking time with me today. Of course. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us today. Check out other episodes on all streaming platforms, including the Broadway Podcast Network app. Be well and see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.